What's up, everybody? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick thing I want to share with you. I think I mentioned it later in this episode, but I have started working with the Keto Road True Nutrition Coaching as a one-on-one holistic ketogenic nutrition coach. I can work with you to help put together your macros, how you should be eating, work with you on mindset, action planning. The program includes coaching calls, daily check-ins, and exclusive access. So if this is something you're interested in, go check it out at theketoroad.com. And now, on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum, where I bring you the stories of dudes that have begun, finished, and are in the middle of their battles with their weight issues and challenges. And I've got a story today that I think is going to be relatable to a lot of you out there. You know, I've shared some stories on this show that, you know, show people tackling immense numbers. And I I think the story of my guest today is going to be one that that you'll see is, is, you know, a, a bit more real for a lot of you out there in terms of what you might be facing. So I'm excited today to talk to Chris Phillips. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. Hanging in there. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's nice to, I always like having another New Englander on. So, you know, that's a, you know, you're, you're, you're up in the, the Boston area, right? That's correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, in the suburbs, Western, Western suburbs, but I'm probably about like 15, 20 minutes from, from Boston. So I'm in, but nice. I'm in the suburbs of it. Mm-hmm. And we know, we know how New England goes. Like it's, we're never too far from anyone else. So that, that's kind of cool, man. Yeah. It's and, one and of the Chris- compact cities. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh Chris, I'm going to get you started with the same question I ask everyone and that's Chris, tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Well, what qualifies me as being on the Fat Guy Forum is I've been, well, let's go back to young Chris where I would be considered husky because you remember that was the 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 term for the, you know, the fat kid when you were smaller when you were buying clothes and such, but um, I come from a very large family, um, originally from Jamaica, West Indies. And, um, you know, I've always struggled with my rate, with my weight growing up. Um, like I said, it was a very large family. There's, um, eight of us in total. Um, my father came here in the mid, um, came to the suburbs of Boston in the, in the mid eighties and brought, um, me. So there was eight of us. So my father came here first to, um, Boston because he was working. He was doing an externship in Jamaica and he worked and he came to Waltham, Mass, which is like right outside of Boston. And then he sent for me, my mother and my sister at first. So I grew up here in the suburbs, just like transplanted. You know, I was just living in the islands and then all of a sudden I was transplanted out right, right outside of Boston and started going to school here and, and such. So that's, um, I guess just having such, and then, you know, my other brothers and sisters came a few, few years later, my older brothers and sisters. So there was eight of us in the house. My father was working all the time, mother working all the time. And, you know, with that in the house, with my parents working all the time and my brothers and sisters kind of watching us, there was really no control of whatever you could eat in the house. So there was always, you know, my, my, my parents would buy a lot of food and, I would eat like whatever Chef Boyardee, whatever I could heat up and I would snack all the time and such. And then, you know, as years went on, um, I just noticed 
you know, going to school and stuff that, you know, I started getting make, made fun of like, hey, he, look at this, this fat Albert, this is the fat kid. And, you know, I look back at pictures now, pictures now and I probably wasn't as big as I thought I was. So it's a little bit on the chubby side, but, you know, I just like, you know, just eating and trying to fit in and kind of getting bullied at school because it was the 80s. You know, remember how that was? Uh, it wasn't as PC as it was now. So you, you know, <laughs> it was free raids. I mean, you, you look at all the 80s movies. That's what, what, what happened. You had the bully and you had the, the kid who always fought the bully. And that's was like real life. That's how it was in school. So you had kids making fun of you. Teachers didn't really help as much because it wasn't as PC and that's how it went. So I kind of, you know, as a, as a young, young, young kid, I kind of got, you know, I got bullied in school. One for having the, the accent and then two, just, you know, just being like an outlier. So I would just eat my emotions and I'd come home and I'd eat my emotions and such like that. And before I knew it, I mean, as, as I was growing up, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a shorter guy, so I'm only like five, seven. So I was always like the shorter kid in school. So even though, you know, I was, you know, my weight may not seem that heavy, my, like my final weight, cause I got up to 300 pounds, but at five, seven, 300 pounds is almost like, you know, on a, on a person who's like six, one or something like that, you know, that those weights, you know, at five, seven are very, you know, it's very heavy even though, you know, it's only 300 pounds and such, but, you know, for a 6'1 person, it'd probably be like a 450 pounds or something like that. So, you know, so I dealt with that all my life and, you know, just dealing with bullying in school and trying to fit in and trying to, you know, trying to think with the, with the, being the eighties, it was really tough. And, you know, I just, I, I just ate my, I just ate my, I just ate my um feelings, you know, growing up. I just felt like an outsider. One of the things that you shared with me, Chris, when, when we were connecting before the show that I think is really interesting that, that people might be able, some people might be able to relate to was the, the impact on your eating that, that moving, you know, to outside of Boston had on you, you know, going from the islands to outside of Boston and like access to food and having those different things available. And like now, and, and I know that was also a, a different thing when, when some of your brothers came you know, you, your eating habits had developed very differently than theirs. Yes. So th th that's one of the things I wanted to touch on. Um, in the, in the young, so when we came here, like I had access, like I came, I came much younger. So I was a, probably about like five, six when I, when I came. So I grew up with the McDonald's, the fast food that, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, you know, Chef Boyardee, all, all the quick fix meals, you know, the, like the hungry man meals and whatever, you know, Doritos and, you know, all the, all those staples. Cause that's what I grew up with. Um, and then my brothers, um, where they, where they came from the islands, they were in their teens and they've already, they were already, you know, they grew up in the island lifestyle. So they were always used to fresh fruit, home cooked meals and such like that. So they never had the weight problems that I had. Even when I came, they would make fun and they'd be like, oh, look at how you guys are so fat. This is to, to me and my little sister. And we were just like, you know, I, but at that age, you don't know what it is. You know, you go on a diet. We used to see, you know, you see the commercials on TV, eat more fruits, eat more this, but then you're getting inundated with Saturday cartoons and they're showing you Twinkie commercials and hostess cakes and stuff. 
and you want those things you know you're as a kid you're your kid you don't you don't really know how to control your diet and if my parents are buying them and they're working overnights and they're not home to really control what you you, you just go to town on them like I would remember going to like friends' houses as a kid and looking at you know they like their their parents would give them like one like one snack a hostess snack and I would think to myself like why don't you just take the whole box just eat them all why why can't you you know because that's what I would do at home and I'd be like but I didn't know how to control what what they have because I didn't I had free reign my parents worked overnights both of them my mother. Um, worked in Westboro. She was um RN supervisor. She would work like eleven to seven, and sometimes always pick up extra hours because we had eight kids in the house. So we had to support somehow. And, you know, my father was always working nights, so it was a like free reign in the in the house all the time. So, but my brothers and such, they knew how to cook, they knew how to prepare meals, and they weren't used to the fast food lifestyle. Or that's what it is. So they never experienced what like me and my sister went. So, so, and, and speaking on that, I would always find it weird because in the summers, because, you know, there was eight of us, my parents needed a break because uh, throughout the whole year, sometimes they would send us back to Jamaica and I would spend the summer there. And I remember coming, going to, you know, coming back home and going to school like the next year and like all the teachers at school are saying, Jesus Christ, you lost so much weight. You look so good. You look, and to me, I wasn't doing any different. But I know that, um, you know, my sedentary back back in Jamaica, you would eat one breakfast, and it was usually something fresh, something, you know, fresh, and it was prepared. And then I would play all day because I didn't. Where where we lived in Jamaica, we had two TV stations, so you weren't watching cartoons, you weren't sitting in the house, you were outside playing all day, and then you would have a dinner, and and that was it, you know, you you that was it. So I was like. The whole summer, I was just doing that and helping, doing chores around, like, my grandfather's place and such. And I was just, you know, that's all I did. And so I, I would come back to school and, you know, the teachers would say, oh, you lost so much weight. And I, and I just, like, didn't know why. You know, I ne never put two together. You know, I'm eating two meals and I'm actually being active and playing and such. But So that whole piece didn't click because, you know, I was so young. You just didn't know. You just whatever You're, oh yeah that's, i didn't feel any different i didn't look any different but to to myself i know it's my clothes were wouldn't like i come back home and my pa parents have to buy me all new clothes and be like oh you, you really thinned out but we and we never put two and two together there was no control um over that at, at that time so so i mean as so that was like growing up that was like you know my elementary years and then as I got older, you know, the, there's no more summers in Jamaica. There's no more, um, and, you know, I'm just living, you know, the typical, typical, you know, American lifestyle and, and growing up in Boston. I got into skateboarding, you know, I was uh, in middle school and such. Got into skateboarding a little bit and, you know, I would read comic books and such. But I was, you know, I was always like in home. At, even if I wasn't skateboarding, I was in home playing Nintendo and eating foods and you know, eating pizza all the time and such and, and, and overnight and thing. And I started gaining weight again. And this was probably, you know, I was middle school age. So I started getting a little bit and I was like, oh, you know, you're getting chubby. Like, I remember like some of the gym teachers were like, oh, we need to get you on the Pop Warner team and blah, blah, blah. And this, because, you know, I was putting weight. You'd be a good lineman and such. And I was, but I was never really, 
not too interested in sports. Like I would watch them and stuff, but I didn't really understand them and I didn't really get into that. So I would just, you know, play Nintendo and read my comic books and sometimes skateboard and stuff. But I noticed I was putting on weight and I was getting, because I remember, I can remember being in middle school and we were doing the presidential challenge and we had to run the quarter mile. I remember the, the gym teacher separating us out and he held three kids back. It was me, um, one of my good friends, JD, and then this other kid named Eric. And he let everybody else run and he held us back. And he was like, then he announced, he's like, okay, now for the overweight competition of the race, you know, the, the heavyweight competition of the race. And so, because this was the 80s, <laughs> you know, late 80s, but still it was the 80s. There was a PC, the te teachers ribbing on us. And I remember just thinking, what was that all about? And I just remember being mad and just running. I mean, I ran and I, and I beat the other two kids and I kind of actually caught up to the back of the other pack. And I was just like, what was that all about? And then, you know, just being really mad. And I just remember, you know, till it stick, it sticks with me to this day. I was just like, well, you know, TF, you know, it's like making fun of me because I was fat and I didn't think I was that big. But then when I looked, when I looked at pictures and then when I went to, when I went to, um, the doctors and stuff, you know, the teacher was like, oh, well, you lose a little bit of weight such and, and but i didn't know what to do like you know so i'm in middle school i don't i don't know what to do i know you're supposed to starve yourself and move because that's what they do in the movies and such but i couldn't do it like every day i was like all right monday i'm gonna eat clean and i'm gonna eat just chicken bread and, and it just i nobody could do that so true all through high school you know i just kept gaining weight i gaining weight about high school i was probably that's probably when i reached in the, about about the 200s mark and I was just like, you know, I just couldn't lose weight. There's, a, there's nothing. I remember getting a paper route. And I remember the first thing I, I bought with my paper, I bought Dexatrim pills because that was the thing at the, at the time. And I said, okay, I'm going to start taking these and I'm going to lose the weight. And I took them. And I remember it did stop the hunger, but I remember getting headaches and such. Um, I remember getting headaches and start, such and just I just couldn't do it. And then I remember another time, a few, uh, it's a few months later, I bought the Slim Fast because that was the hot thing that was coming on TV. You know, I'm like, you know, probably like middle school going into high school. And I'm like, I'm going to start the Slim Fast. And I drank it. And it tasted, I don't know if, they, I know they must have, they've updated the flavors. But at first, that time, it was, it just, just tasted awful. And I was just like, I remember my mother even mixing it for me. She was trying to help me to lose the weight, and I just couldn't do it. I drank a couple of them. I couldn't do it. It wasn't until, so so I just kept gaining weight. Once I left high school, I was probably about, I was probably, I probably gained weight until I reached about 250 and, and leaving high school, going into college. And it was the first time that I actually, I went on a diet plan, and it actually worked. I remember I was dating this girl, and she was doing, I think this was when Xenadrin came out, um, that diet pill, and she started doing that. She 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 dropped a lot of weight, so I said, okay, well, she could do it. I do it too, and I was like, you know, eating once, and I was doing those. I was doing those pills. Um, I dropped down to I think I went down to about one sixty, um, just doing those pills, eating once a day, barely drinking, barely doing anything, just drinking water and um, 
just maybe eating once a day and taking those pills. But, you know, the, the heart racing and having trouble to sleep and such like that because, you know, it's just all caffeine, that ephedrine and all that crap that's in it. But I remember I lost on the one, and I did it really quick. Um, This was probably, I was like 250, and I probably lost down to 160 within like maybe three, four months. And I lost it. And so, and I mean, this was just white knuckling it, like, you know, starving, wanting to eat, but just saying, all right, I'm just going to sleep because I'm not going to eat anything. I have to lose as much weight as possible. And I got down to 160. And of course, you know, this I'm in college. I'm in my early, you know, I was like early 20s. I probably would just turn 21. So this is the club scene. This is the, you know, going out and hanging out with friends and and such. And I lost that in about four months. And I probably put on, I probably, as soon as I just said, oh, stop white knuckling it, I probably put on just as quick as I lost. Um, I, next thing I know, I, I was putting on a pair of pants and like they were too tight. And I was like, well, I'm, I probably washed them. They must have shrunk in the wash or whatever. But no, it's just like the second I said, okay, I'm done. I could eat that. I lost my weight. I could start eating normal again. Going to clubs, I'm drinking. We're going to IHOP after. We're, we're doing this and we're eating before the club and this and that. Next thing I know, the weight's right back and, um, The weight's right back on. So, so then. That leads to, you know, a little bit after. So I gained it back. I probably got up to, I gained the 250 back and I got up back up to about 260. I think I was in the 260s or something like that. That's after that diet. So then one day, this is the weirdest thing in, in my neighborhood. There's a guy, his name was Archie Cameron. And I remember he was driving around. He was like a Instagram influencer before Instagram. Before Instagram, he was driving around with this little red car. It was this little Toyota red car with this big um, he had those one of those big like cardboards on the top, and it was a picture of him being fat, and he lost weight, and it was like call this number and I'll show you this trick and this and that and this is really really works and it was him holding a newspaper, um, with one date and then it was like a newspaper with him like um probably like like one year later and he was all thin and such and thing and he was like oh just call me i'm doing this weight loss plan or whatever and he said he so i so my mother saw it and actually spoke to him in the driveway and he was like oh yeah and he's like oh you know i have my son my son and my daughter really struggle with weight and they'd really like move um you know you mind if if, if they come and talk to you he's like oh yeah sure so i talked to him and he said he worked he played um for newton high baseball team and he got drafted by the washington senators um, back in the early 60s, late 70s, and he was, you know, in their, you know, their minor league system and such, and he got hurt and such, so he put on, you know, so he knows what it is to be fit, and he put on a lot of weight, so he started this weight loss plan or whatever, so we we started with him, um, and I remember what the weight loss plan, he had these pills, they were called fat away pills, they looked like watermelon seeds and such, and then it was like, drink, drink lemon water, and then was drink lemon water, eat these um like fiber cookies that you bought at the supermarket. They were like um I don't know, they were like in the health um health and wellness aisle, these cookies and such. Everything that you could buy, you could buy in the store. And he was just like, Yeah, you do this, you drink you drink the water and then drink um eat the cookies and drink psyllium powder and whatever. Um and then 
he was like, you know, you work out every day, but you don't lift any weights. You just do straight cardio, like at high intensity for a half an hour every single day. And then eat like a salad for dinner and then drink like another thing of lemon water. And that's all you do. And so I did it. And I, you know, I was, I got down to my the lowest I've ever been. I was 142 pounds. Um, and I did that within, with the probably about eight months. Um, I look back at pictures and I was like, I looked anorexic because my face was withdrawn. And I felt like everybody was like, oh my gosh, you look great. You are so much weight. Oh my, you look amazing. But I felt like crap because all I was doing was just these, you know, I was starving myself doing this plan and doing all this, this, you know, intense cardio for a half an hour, not even lifting weights. I remember going to, um, going to the gym and just going on like a, like one of the treadmills or the stair climber and just like pounding it out at high intensity and just like drenched in sweat and not lifting one weight. So like, you know, of course, you know, my body just looked like a deflated balloon because I wasn't lifting, I wasn't building any muscle. Um, I was just doing straight cardio, you know, there was no balance to it. And I was starving myself because I was just drinking lemon water and drinking psyllium powders and such like that. So I did that and I held, I probably kept the weight off for maybe like about six months. And then as soon as I said, okay, well, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm going to, because he never taught us anything about maintenance. I said, I'm going to go back to eat. I'm going to go back to eating normal now. I've lost the weight. I've done my diet. I'm going to go back to eating normal. What was my normal? Going to IHOP and going to McDonald's and eating my thing. And of course, once I go back to my norm, my quote unquote normal, there here comes the weight again. Before I know it, I'm back up and, I, and I'm, I'm adding weight to, to whatever I lost. And I'm so, after, so that was like probably, you know, a little after around um, college, I got after college. And I said, you know, I, I kept, I said, I lost, I gained, I've lost, I gained every time I lose. And I go back to my normal, like normal people. I, I gain weight. I guess I'm just supposed to be, you know, I'm just supposed to be fat. That's, that's my thing. I was born with, I was born with bad genes. This is it. This is the reality. This is how I have to live. So I never put two and two together that my normal wasn't most people's normal. You know, they weren't eating, they weren't eating McDonald's before they went out, you know, before they went out, they weren't eating, you know, order, ordering Papaginos because I had worked at Papaginos and they, I would, I would like go home with like a large pizza and I would like create all these extra, when I was working there, I'd create extra pizzas and I would take them home and I'd eat them. Or when I was working at Papaginos, um, I would, I remember the, the boss going, We'd have um, Carvel birthday cakes for the kids. And I remember my boss going, "How come there's so many cakes are missing?" Because I was, I put them in the um, like, I would actually steal cakes. I'd put them in my backpack and I'd go home and I would just eat them at, at nighttime. You know, that was like my thing. Like uh, the the chocolate crunchies inside the ice cream, the Carvel ice cream cakes. Those I used to love those. <laughs> so I would sit there and I'd polish off. But but I that was my normal. Oh you know? yeah. And I love I, I gotta I gotta jump in just for one second because I love that we're talking about Papaginos and Carvel because those are two very <laughs> two very New England. As soon as you said Papaginos, I immediately flash back to the number of times that I ordered the Paparoni 
Uh, oh, you know the, the yeah with the, the extra <laughs> extra pepperoni. Oh, and the yes. whole thing was like swimming in a pool of grease, and it was like the yes quintessential yeah, just have quintessential that, that pizza red oil. Oh yeah, yeah. Have that red that red grease on the top. I remember making those. Oh, and that was the worst in high school because I would, I would, I would, I would be like, okay, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna, um, you know, you always start. You always say to yourself, I'm gonna stop my diet on Monday. And I'm going to start eating clean and I'm only going to eat chicken breasts and this. And then I'd work. I'd have to work there. So I'm smelling pizza all day and stuff. So it's like it would be like an alcoholic working at a bar. Like it's like how how, how long are you going to last? <laughs> you know, of course I, I got to eat. And I would make like, you know, I would make, you know, when we would work there, we'd make so much stuff that wasn't even on the menu. Like um, take like the, the thick pan pizzas and put two of them together put two of them together, two thick pans together and get the steak and cheese that we would make for the sub and put it on the pizza and make all these concoctions. And you would eat like one slice, like the double thick pan, you'd eat like one slice and you'd, you'd like want to pass out. But we would still finish off the whole, finish off the whole thing. There's so much dough in there. You know, we were making stuff like that. That's how, and that was my normal. And I never put two and two together that, okay, if what if you go on a diet and you go to 142, that's how you have to live for the rest of your life to stay at 142. I never thought about. You always would see on TV you go on a diet, you lose the weight, and then you live like normal people. And where I was living, it wasn't like normal people because normal people don't, you know, they don't eat a polish off a pizza at one in the morning while watching um USA up all night, and, you know, eating all this crud or ordering like. Dominoes and such like that. It, it, that's not no. That's not normal. If you want to stay at 142, you have to live at that 142 weight. And it wasn't until you know this this last time around where you know where I I figured out that yeah, if you want to be at this lower weight, you have to live at that low, lower weight lifestyle for life. I didn't I didn't think that was the case. And that's where I would always mess up, and this is why I would always lose. I would white knuckle until I lost down to whatever my goal was. And then I would say, okay, I've reached goal. Now I could go back to normal. And then I would gain again. It's just like an ongoing cycle. So this is my last time coming around. It's like I had gained. And I was, you know, doing the, the normal office job. And I was, um, I had just ballooned back up. And I was like, I was pushing like around. I know I was in the threes. But I had stopped weighing myself because me and the scale, I, I just didn't go on. Like, I just tried, you know, I would look at pictures, like, when whenever I just noticed, like, on my Facebook feed, I noticed it was just more pictures. Like, I would take pictures of my wife and kids, and she would take, like, a picture, and I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm all set. I just didn't want to be in it because every time it came out and I saw myself, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, well, Chris, what did, look at you. What, what have you done to yourself, you know? So I kind of started... You know, not stop taking pictures, um, stop being in pictures. I noticed like Facebook feed was just more of my kids and my wife and my dog. And like I kind of just started backing out. And I just remember just going to work. Um, and I was like sitting there at work and I'm like sitting at my desk and I felt really uncomfortable because like my, my pants, like I had got up to about like a size 42. And like I just remember my belt, my belt, the belt buckle was digging into the bottom of my belly. feel good and I was feeling lethargic all the time and tired so I went to the doctor 
and you know he kind of he gave the bill of rights and you know the whole hey chris i'm gonna be your life coach now one you you really yeah your blood pressure is through the roof he's like i he's like i had to take it three times because like i thought you were an afib because i was just like you know at that at that time i was like my morning routine was like two red bulls a honey bun and and you know and whatever sweet stuff i would have and then we'd walk to the it was like a little um corner store up the street and we'd walk there like the middle of the day and i'd get like a bunch of like swedish fish and all this candy and stuff like you know and then we'd have like lunch and we'd lunch was like wendy's or um, subway or some sub shop and then i'd come home and my wife would my wife if she would cook if she would cook sometimes a meal whatever or if she was like oh, i don't feel like cooking i'd go to mcdonald's and i would get whatever get for the kids and then whatever the kid and then I'd order a meal for myself and one meal for her. And then whatever the kids didn't finish, that's what I was eating. And then I would eat again at night, um, whatever snack I had, Doritos, whatever. And that's how I was living for, like, for most of my adult life. And that's how it would go. And so I was just like, you know, so my doctor, once, hmm? All right. So, yeah, so that's how I was living for um, most of my adult life was just, you know, just uh, that's, how, that's how I rolled. Like, I would just, you know go in every morning i would drive i'd stop by the gas station grab a couple of red bulls grab a honey bun or whatever and that was my breakfast and i just rinse rinse wash repeat and that's how i was living so once i went to the doctor and then he sat me down and he's like you know he's like your blood pressure is through the roof he's like he said he had to take it he said he had the nurse take it and i remember the nurse just giving this look like um this isn't right and then she went back and she took it, she took it again and gave me that look like this, something's off. And then I remember the doctor coming in and said, and asking me like, Hey, have you, I was like, yeah, I've been getting headaches and such, but, um, I've been getting headaches and such lately, but you know, this is and thing. He's like, well, he's like, yeah, because your blood pressure is through the roof. And he's like, did you just like, drink a red bull or something before you i was like well yeah i usually drink like two or three a day and then followed by like a bunch of like you don't even know how many pepsis i would drink i'd go through those 20 those 20 20 ounces that's all i drink i didn't drink any water or anything like that so he was just like yeah that it needs to stop because he's like you you're, you're almost you 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 look like you're about to stroke out <laughs> you don't take it this and then he said what your weight he said, "Your your weight, you you're getting, you know, your weight is is, is um, you're in obesity." Um, he said, "You're not, you're like you're not very obese, but he's like you you you're obese. You could lose you could lose a few." And he said, "Your your blood pressure is just through the roof." He's like, "You we need to fix that. We need to get you on pills and stuff." So, and then he you know he took he took my weight took this and I said um, I said well you know I said I have lost. He said, you know, we have a nutritionist here that you need to speak to somebody or something to get you back on track because he's like, you know, you really could lose some. And, you know, you said you're at that age. He's like, you're, you're mid, he said, you're in your mid 30s, early 40s um, at the time. And then he said, um, you know, you could, you could um, lose some weight, you know, because that would really help with the blood pressure and such and, and this. And he's like, um, and then he also checked me, he checked, you know, he did the P test and then checked me for diabetes. And he said, you're borderline type two. And I said, well, you know, I know it runs in my family because my grandfather suffers with it, my father. 
as the type two diabetes. So I said, but he said, he said, well, yeah, it runs in the family, but he said it's a it's a lifestyle disease as well. Um, and you eating all this extra sugar and drinking all this soda, all this extra sugar and all this caffeine, it's not helping you. So, you know, he started he prescribed all these pills and such, and I, you know, I picked them up, but. What kicked with me is that he told me it was a lifestyle, it was a lifestyle, you know, um, disease that I could, you know, actually avoid this doing, taking all this extra stuff. So, you know, it took a little while, probably a few months later, I, sa- I said to myself, I said, well, you know, I, I just came to this. I don't know what it was. He said, I said, all right, I'm going to stop drinking the Red Bulls. And I kind of stopped doing that. And I stopped going to the gas station in the morning and eating all that extra crap. And then during the day at work, I noticed um, I was always given, there was one kid who would always collect the bottles that we had. Um, He was collecting all the bottles because he would change it for money. And I remember he'd come to my desk every day and he'd get like six six Pepsi bottles from me and such. And I was just like, six? You know, I was like, I wonder if I could get by on drinking like just three a day. I started that, and then, you know, three a day, and I was just like, okay, I'm doing okay, and I went down to two, you know, started getting a little bit of headache as I was cutting back the caffeine, but I went down to two, I went down to, and I went down to one, and then at lunch, at lunch when we would go to the, the gas station, um, the little corner store at the gas station, I would walk with them, but I didn't, I didn't buy anything. I stopped buying, like, the sodas and stuff. And thing, and I was like, you know, because I was just like bringing like raisins and stuff from my house, just trying to make better better choices. It was just like little stuff like that. Like during the day, I was still eating, you know, the fast food at, at night and such. But I started doing that, like cutting back the, the sodas and stuff and the Red Bulls in the morning. And then, you know, just started walking, you know, back and forth with them at the gas station at work. And I noticed I went on the, I went on the scale and I went back to the doctor and I noticed I was down like 10 pounds. He's like, well, whatever you're doing is working. You're, um, he's like, your blood pressure is still up there, but um, you know, it's not as bad. It, it, you know, you off the scale. You, like he didn't tell me I was an AFib the first time. It's when the second time I went. He's like, that's why we double checked because we thought you were gonna stroke out. You weren't a. You, we thought you weren't AFib. Um, and he's like, that's why we took it so many times. So he's like, whatever you've been doing, keep up. Um, you know, he's like, you took off ten pounds, and I was just like, wow. I just from cutting out the sodas during the day and and the thing I was like I came I said so what if I so then I said well just all I'm doing is walking at lunch walking to when we go to the gas what if I walk at lunch now and stop the sodas completely and you know so I did you know did that and then I was like um went back to the doctors and he was just like yeah your blood pressure is in perfect range we don't we don't need to deal with the pills anymore because I, I, you know, I stopped doing that, and this was like, you know, probably like a couple months later, and he's like, yeah, you took off another five pounds um, from when you were last, so he's like, just keep up, um, just keep this up, so I said, okay, so I said, okay, so like at nighttime, you know, I would usually eat like um, a thing of Haagen-Dazs, so I said, you know, I I didn't want to cut out the Haagen-Dazs completely, because, you know, that's what I like. But I said, what if I just eat a little less? Like, instead of eating the whole thing, what if I put three scoops in a bowl and such? And, and you know, I started dialing, you, you know, upping little little habits, 
like that, I kind of start, started stacking on each other. And then next thing I know, you know, I was like going back to the doctor. He's like, he's taking me off the um, the heart pills. He's still checking, you know, the he's still checking the, the sugar for my thing. But he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm noticing the weight's coming off. I'm noticing my clothes are fitting different. And I'm doing little, little changes. So all I did was just, I, all I did was take out soda and started walking more. So I was just like, you know, this is not as hard as like before, because before when I would diet, it was cutting everything out and I'd white knuckle it and stress and stress and stress. And, you know, I'd be going to bed with hunger pangs and going crazy and stress and stress and stress and be like, I want pizza, I want pizza, I want pizza, I want pizza. And then, you know, I, until I broke down, you know, and then go back and start eating pizza again, like I would eat it and I'd want it all. And like I'd want a whole pie to myself. That's how I was before, but this way I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm still eating most of the stuff I want, not as often, not as often, but, you know, like, I'm just eating less of it, and I still, I, you know, I, I kind of cut out some of the stuff, like, um, the fast food, like, we would, I was eating fast food probably, like, during a normal week, it was probably, like, five times a week, because, you know, like, my wife would cook one day, and then she'd be like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not in the mood, and then I would be like, okay, we're going to the pizza store. I'm going to McDonald's, and I'll get for the kids. And this would happen like five times a week. So I, I kind of stopped that. Um, not for the kids. Um, I would still get it, but like I was like, I'm gonna eat a salad or whatever. But I will eat the McDonald's maybe once a week or whatever. And I just kind of, you know, just stacked habits on top of that until I got down when I lost my like first forty pounds. Um, I heard the, you know, I heard like the, the commercial for the Planet Fitness, and I said, you know, this way I was just walking at lunch. Heard the commercial for the Planet Fitness, and I just told my wife, I said, you know, I think I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start going, I'm gonna start going to the gym again because I did that before when I had lost the weight in the past. She was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, there's one like 15 minutes from the house. So, and then I started adding that to my walk during the day. Like I would do my walk. I I'd, um, after I left work, I would just, you know, I'd pack my bag in the morning, put my clothes together in the morning. And after I left work, I just would, um, go to Planet Fitness and I'd go for like, you know, a half an hour to an hour every day. And I just added that to my routine. And then as, you know, as I would, um, as I was losing and then something would stop, like sometime I would, I would plateau and I would say, okay, well, I would look at what I'm eating and I would change something for the better so I like you know the like how I talked about the ice cream it went from one scoop one scoop um one bowl where I one bowl where I put three scoops in and then I would I turn that back to like okay no more ice cream every night just you know maybe one night a week or something like that and I just started changing stuff like that to get and whenever the scale would plateau I would change that and and change like a little thing in my um, process so you know, but my sodas went from like two sodas. A, it was like five sodas a day in the beginning. Then I changed it down to down to three, then to two, then to I don't drink soda anymore. You know, and changes like that as as I could, you know, balance them and maintain them. So even nowadays, I still, you know, still have my fast food every now and then, maybe maybe once a week or something like that. But for one, but that's only one meal. Like I won't totally go off like before 
when I was on the other diets, if I went to McDonald's, if I, when I slipped up and I went to McDonald's, it was like, oh, well, screw it. I screwed up. Might as well just eat all day, you know, might as well eat everything I want and get it out of my system. Now I didn't, I don't have that mindset anymore. If I go to McDonald's, yes, it would be for that dinner, but all day I've been drinking my water. Maybe I had a salad for lunch and whatever, and I have my McDonald's and then tomorrow it's right back to, I'm hitting the gym going back to that so there's there's nothing that's off limits I, whenever i feel for something if i want a piece of chocolate whatever i eat the chocolate bar and it's not going to kill me but every other meal around that is going to be healthier and it's going to be a wiser choice and i'm not going to say oh well i ate chocolate today i'm not going to bother i fell off the wagon screw the gym tomorrow and screw this and screw that no just keep going keep moving and just stay active and that's how i live now um I don't really follow like a keto or a low carb or something like that. I just, you know, basically what I was practicing, what I didn't know is, is portion control. And that's what I had my, my mind around um, before. It's like, you know, just portion control and trying to live at a balance, balance now. So keeping moving is something I do every day. I'm always running or doing weights. Um, it's kind of tough now with the pandemic, all the gyms are closed, but I'm still getting out. It's, we, you know, we being in New England, you never know what you're going to get. One day it's 80, next day it's like 20 or something. But you can still get out there. <laughs> I still get out there and I still do my running thing. And um, I have a few weights at my house. I don't got much, but, you know, I just do something to keep moving. I did gain a little bit um, since we've been in quarantine. But I know once we get to whatever they, whatever the governor is calling it, phase four, which we're on phase one now, but once we get to phase four and they open the gyms back, I'll be the first one there just to get right back into it. So, but yep, I'm just keeping active. I'm running outside. I'm walking outside in the evenings and trying to do this. And that's how I live my life now. So I just made basically what I didn't find out is I didn't have to white knuckle it. I don't have, you don't have to just change everything all at once. Like, Hey, tomorrow I'm going strictly this, you know, you can make little changes and make little, make little changes and adapt and then keep stacking those good habits on top of each other until you have something that resembles, you know, like an active lifestyle. And that's kind of what I'm living now. And that's how I go about it now. And then using like Instagram to kind of, you know, for motivation from other people and such. And that's how, that's, that's what I use that for. And, you know, the podcast as well, listening to people like on, on the forum, I've got to meet you got to meet Dan Rosario, you know, the, all these people on, on the forum, Poro, who's like a big influence. And I got to meet people like that, see people like that and how they're doing it, even though, you know, like I remember the first time I heard you, it was like, Gormy goes keto. I remember listening. First, I thought you were Mike Gorman from the Celtics, <laughs> this is the local Celtics announcer. I was just like, wait, I didn't know he had a weight problem. I was like, and he's doing keto too. I was like, geez. And then I heard your voice. I was like, wow. Cause I, you know, he's like in his seventies. I was like, oh, he sounds amazing. <laughs> he sounds great. Then I looked at the picture and was like, oh, it's not the same guy, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, I remember hearing yours, and I was just like, you know, at first I was going in like, I don't want to hear from a keto guy. I'm not keto, but everybody does it different. That's what I love is that everybody goes about it a different way. Even though we're all out for like, you know, this the same overall goal. We all want to be healthier. But everybody goes at it a different way, and that's what kind of drew, drew me to you. Is because like you, on your podcast, like I thought it was just gonna be all keto dudes, and I was just like, 
I was like, wait, he's not about that. He likes everybody's story. So I said, that's how I got in contact with you going on. Oh, for sure, man. And it sounds like, and, and that's what I think is really important. Like you said, like everyone uses a different tool and let you just really took us through. Like there were a lot of different tools that you tried, you know, a lot of different things that you tried throughout your life, you know, to get, you know, your weight under control and get your health back. And it sounds like making that slow, sustainable change is what ended up really clicking for you. And what do you think about what you're doing now is going to allow you to carry the success forward so you don't repeat any old patterns? Well, the thing is now is that I know that it's not, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you will have, I'm gonna, you're gonna have times where you slide back. Um, but you, you, but you just know that small changes, small changes add up to big changes. So like I said, through the quarantine, I'm at home. I got, I got four kids of my own. There's always junk in the house. There's always gummy bears. There's always this, all this extra crap in there. And I know, at being being quarantined, like when I was at work, I had my what I when I was at my job, when we could go into the office, I would walk every. I had an hour lunch. I'd walk every day and get at least um eight thousand steps in every day because um, I oh, I was track on my Fitbit, and then I would also go to the gym in the evening and run for like a half an hour and lift weights. Now I'm at home. I'm not getting that that lunch walk is is gone. I'm not getting that in. So I know my steps have went down. Um, I know I'm eating, I'm eating more because I have access to the food that's right there. So I know I'm snacking more and I know this, but I gained 10 pounds, but I'm not beating myself up over this. I still go out every day and I still go get my run in. I still try to get all my water in and I still, so I'm trying to stick to a plan, even though it has to adjust, but I know little changes, little changes like getting more water in and that so i know little changes like i don't have to throw it all out the window just because hey look i gained i put on 10 pounds since quarantine i i'm not gonna say well you know everything is over that's it you you messed up here you go again you messed up you, you you're a fat guy whatever and just throw it all out the window i'm not i'm not doing that so so you know i just keep on keep on track and keep focus and just make small small changes so I said, okay, well, you know, I gained 10 pounds, but at least I keep moving. At least I keep my, you know, keep my water intake in and this. And once the gyms open back, I know I'm going to go right back to how I was doing before. So my lunch walks, my lunch walks will probably be in the evening and then I'll probably hit the gym after, but I could adapt and change. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And that's what's keeping me going is that small changes are sustainable and I could just, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I think that's an important lesson for people, man. I, th I think realizing that we we at, we at, we all face challenges at different times. You know, different things come up. You know, you talk to people who talk about you know getting married and and you know moving into a house and all those the, that changes or a new job or moving to a new city. And right now, it's just that we're all dealing with the same situation. You know, the the COVID nineteen. Like we're all dealing with the quarantine and and how our states are moving at different paces. You know, to bring things back and things along those lines and. I think you have the right attitude that you have to be able to stay mindful of what you're doing and not flip to another extreme, like be able to see things in degrees and keep those non-negotiables for yourself and focus. And, you know, that activity, the water intake, you know, not going crazy with food, like those are things that you think about what can you control right now? You can't control if the gym is closed. Like we don't have any control over that, but the, you're controlling the things that you do have control over. Right. 
because I mean, like, even at first, um, when, like, when first when the gyms closed, I was just like, like, I knew it was coming because I, you know, I was going to Point of Fitness and I would go in the evenings, which is normally a busy time. But then little by little, you notice it was getting a little more barren, a little more barren. And I was like, I was saying, what? I said, okay, I guess people are real. This is really serious. And then I remember, like, one day going to work and then they were just like, yeah, just grab your laptops and everything and, and don't come back, <laughs> you know, <laughs> basically. And then I remember, and then I remember getting the email from the jib saying, oh yeah, we are closed till further. And I was like, okay, so this is real. And then I remember like, whoa, we don't have any gym anymore. What's going on? And the funny thing is that like a week before this all happened, I remember I went to, we were at Walmart and I stopped in the, in the weight section. And there was dumbbells all over the place. Like, and I picked up a couple. I said, well, you know, sometimes I, you know, I might want to do something at home because I really didn't have much at home. I have like a, a, like a Walmart weight set that goes up to a hundred pounds and it's like plastic and it's terrible, whatever. But I remember picking up the dumbbells and I just said, well, I'll, I'll just grab these just, you know, just to have, you know, in the house. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I might want to just do something in the house. And I remember there was weights all over the place. And they were all over the floor, like they didn't even, you know, they didn't even have any space to put them. And then I remember going, like, after getting that email from the gym, I said, "Wow, crap! Um, I might want to pick up some more stuff." And going back, and it was empty. There was not, <laughs> there was nothing left. <laughs> and so yeah, I was like, you know, and then I remember, um, you know, I was like looking, you know, just on Instagram and stuff, and people were just saying hey their gym's closed to other people other states and such i was like wow this is serious and then so it took me a little while um but like i said i have i you know there's the the weight loss the the, the community that we're in there's so many people doing it different way and at different ways and people were like hey you know you got resistance bands you got this you got that you could do these things at home and people you know we have i have some people who never go to the gym they do all their workouts from home and they're 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 gaining they have great results i said well why can't i be one of those people i mean it took me a while to adapt like it took me like a week like i was just like i don't know what i'm gonna do and i started thinking about it i was like well you run you you could run outside even though you know it was a little bit you know in march march was kind of weird you know because we it was like it felt like winter. It was like January. We started getting cold, the cold, rainy weather and snow and all type of things. But I mean, I got out there. I bundled up and I started getting out there and started running. And, um, you know, my knees were hating me for it. But, you know, I started started doing it because I wasn't on the treadmill anymore. But I just was like, I just changed and just adapt. I'm like, you know, it doesn't have to be just as long as I'm moving. I'm getting some steps in, you know. So you just got to adapt and just roll with the punches, whatever, you know, whatever it gives you, you can still do it. I mean, hey, there wasn't gyms like, you know, people, people not everybody has to do it in the gym. Like some people do it at home and we're going to all have to be at home people for a while. Plus, you know, it's just the food anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's, and that's, I think, like, that's great advice, man, like the way you, you framed all that. I was going to ask you what your advice would be to someone else at home who's struggling. And I think you, you nailed it there. Like. They, you have to be able to adapt. And and that's something that I think really comes through to me from your story is this willingness to adapt. Like even when you had that point in your life that you just accepted, you know, I'm just going to be the fat guy, you know, you still, you, you didn't give up that hope of, you know, you, you found a way to come back from that eventually. And I, I think that's the, the through line there for you that really kind of shines is that this ability to not just 
you know, use a diet and go back to quote unquote normal, but to make some sustainable, adjustable lifestyle changes that have allowed you to build your new normal. You know, as much as we hate using that phrase right now, and I know if I, I use it too much, people are going to get mad at me, you know, but for you, new normal is really what I think, you know, comes out and what you you've been telling us about, like, you defined for yourself what your normal was going to be instead of just going on what you thought it was. And I can really relate to, you know, kind of growing that growing up in the 80s and that getting inundated with messages about fast food and sweets and all of that junk food marketing that, you know, it's still around today, but it was so much more intense then. like, you know, most of those Saturday morning cartoons are really just more about, you know, getting you to want to go to McDonald's by the time they ended. Like it really wasn't, you know, there was and every so often they throw a PSA in about eating healthy. But, you know, for the most part, it was that that advertising that we grew up with. So knowing that you came from that place and now have been able to build, you know, your sustainable life, I, I think that's really inspiring, man. Right. That That's just funny that you had bring that up because I was I was always wondering, why did they stop doing <laughs> Why did they stop doing the cartoons on, on the Saturday? And I found out that's that's exactly why, because, you know, it was just big, long commercials. You know, for cereal, for, for sweet, sweet cereals, for toys and such. And, you know, they said, hey, they have. And that's even like uh, just going back on those old, like uh, the G.I. Joe. That's why they had, you know, the Go Joe, the, the whole thing where they would have the PSAs. And the, cause it, they were saying, well, if you're going to advertise these toys for a half an hour, you have to have at least a learning moment. Within, within it that's why they had the little psa's so it's so funny but yeah but we just it was just left and right that's how it was you know you just left and right all the sugars and all the mcdonald's commercials and all the cereals and candies and thing and that's how that's what we grew up with and then like you know i had no parent my parents were working all the time so it just had free reigns and it's like i would see stuff on the tv like oh the, these hostess cakes they have a new flavor and my, my father would my father did always did all the shopping. He would just go and buy them. He would buy them, and then we would just go to. And you know, there was nobody there to tell us, "Hey, not to eat them." And we would just go to town on a box of them, and just that was it. That was how you know we were happy. He, he didn't have to hear from us. He bought it for us to make us happy, and that's how we, you know, that's how I grew up. And we, I just, you know, packed on the weight from that way. There you go, man. And and man, I I think you should be you should be proud of the work that you've done and the and the real change that you've made, Chris. Like you you've really kind of taken us into that story of yours today, and I appreciate that. Like, so Chris, you really have taken us you know deep into your journey today. You know, from all of your different weight loss attempts to finally finding you know what the key was for you to build this new normal for yourself. Is there anything that you haven't gotten to talk about yet today that you want the audience to know about your story? Well. Um, basically what I would just want to just reiterate to anybody. So anything that, that I would really want, what, what I would want to um, say is that it doesn't have to be a quick turnaround. This, this whole, this whole process doesn't have to be a quick turnaround. If somebody in the past had told me, Hey, Chris, listen, I could let you make you lose 100 pounds and you could keep it off for the, for the remainder of your life, but it's going to take maybe a year, year and a half for you to do it. I would take that over the quick, hey, I'm going to go down, you know, I'm going to go down to, you know, 142 and gain it back within six months. 
you know, I would, I would take it, I would take that any day. So, I mean, you know, the small, simple changes is what works best. It's more sustainable. And just, I would just tell everybody, you know, just to follow that and don't, don't give up. Don't get depressed. You know, when, you know, you have those weeks where you feel that you're killing it, but you only lost one pound or maybe even nothing, or maybe even gained a pound. If you know you're doing the right things for, for your health, just keep up with it and just keep me and keep pushing through. There you go, man. I really like that. And Chris, as you know, as a listener to the show, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through them? I am ready for them. Okay, so here we go, man. Question number one today is living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Favorite fat guy, I'm going to have to stick with the comedians. Um, Sam Keniston was one of my favorite fat guys. Um, I think... Most of them that you will get on this will probably be comedians because, as you know, being a fat guy yourself, that if being a fat guy yourself, you kind of, you, you pick that role, um, you pick that, that trade up very early because you kind of want to be the guy, you know, making the jokes, even though the jokes is kind of on you, you kind of try to make, be the jokester to kind of deflect that off of yourself. And I just love his style of humor. It was just raw. It was just, talented and you just almost like the angry screaming <laughs> and I just, mm. I just love that so i i will we'll stay away from the chris i i love the, all the rest the chris farley's and such but i sam keniston was my guy there we go man question number two chris what is one lesson being a fat guy has taught you one lesson being a fat guy has taught me is that you know just to always you know to always stay humble and respect one another um and just you know what it, what else it does it just i build empathy when i see other fat guys um not to just judge them and think hey he's lazy he, he can't do anything because he is a fat guy a lot of people you never know where they are they could be on their journey and have lost 100 pounds from when you've seen them and you're seeing them just as a fat guy um you've came, you've come across that in your past um and not just being a fat guy doesn't mean you're just lazy. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're struggling and you're fighting and you're going through that fight. You have the best, you know, you have the best person you could be inside you, but you just can't. It just doesn't look that way from, from, you know, from outside eyes. Well said, man. Well said. Question number three, Chris, what is one piece of advice you would go back in time and give to your past self? One piece of advice I would go back in time and like I said and when I when I wrapped up is that it does not have to be a quick fix um this journey is long it does not it does not end there is no end goal even though you may have that end goal on the scale but you're always striving to keep that you know to keep that in your sight so there is no end goal this is forever any change that you make it has to be forever and if you want to if you want to maintain that um that lifestyle so there is no end it's always going and you always have to slide that goal if your goal is hey to weigh a certain amount on the scale you always have to make a new one to keep keep trying to achieve there you go man i like it question number four chris tell us something about yourself that you love i love i love my humor i love and i love you know once i I built that because being the chubby kid growing up, especially in the eighties, you had to have quick wit. You had to have a quick um, sense of humor. And also I just love that my love of old video games and anything vintage. <laughs> I'm like a big 
video game nerd. Um, I have arcade machines in my basement. I play all the old games, and I just love that um, aspect of myself and just love um, you know, my nostalgic view on things. There you go, man. I like it. And question number five, Chris, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? So one goal that I have, I just want to go, I just want to take a nice family trip. Um, it doesn't matter where, but um, since, you know, since I, I do have four kids, um, and me and my wife, it's been very hard um, financially to get like all of us together and do a good, you know, like a nice family trip, all of us, to, um, all of us together. So that's my goal. I just want to be able to just go someplace and just relax. Um, this was going to be the year, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, mm. with, with everything that happened, it didn't happen. But hey, it doesn't matter. We're still going to go. We, uh, hey, there's no way to spend any money right now. <laughs> so right. you know, we've been saving. So we're ready to go. And whatever we open back up, hopefully that will happen. And, you know, just have some good memories there. Just us with all um all the four boys. You know, we wanted a nice girl, man. and that's how we ended up with four boys. <laughs> <laughs> there we but go. Yeah. I realized we didn't even we we didn't even talk about your kids. So, like, that's good to know. Yeah, you know, yeah. To hear you, you know, you got that'll that'll be a great time for your family. I'm excited to see that happen for you, man. Yes, thank you so much. And Chris, if people do want to learn more, like they end this episode and they're like, "There's more I want to know about Chris." How do they find you? Um. Well, I'm very active on Instagram. That's where I do most of my stuff. Um. At- at Fat Boy Runs ninety nine on Instagram. That's my um. That's my tag. Um. That's going. A lot of people are saying, "Hey, you should change your handle now." I'm like, "Well, no. It's the the whole Fat Boy Runs. It's that's um going back like what as being a kid. Um, in Jamaica, in Jamaica, people just look at you and they will just say, "Hey, if you're a short guy, they call you short man. If you." A fat guy, so they used to say call me fat boy, uh, my uncles and stuff, you know, just when I would go back home. So I'm just like, you know, that was just a play on that. They would, hey, be, hey, fat boy, come here, fat boy, come. So once I started that and I started with the whole running thing, I just said, hey, well, fat boy's running now. So that's my handle and that's how I got to keep it to stay. <laughs> so there you go, man. I like it. And I will make sure to put a link to your profile in the show notes so everyone can track you down and say howdy. Chris, I just really want to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate you taking us into your journey and sharing the lessons that you've learned. Oh, thank you so much. I've been I've been waiting, uh, been wanting to catch up with you for a while, and I'm glad that we could actually find time to make it happen. So thank you so much for having me. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. And if anyone out there wants to connect with me, there's a couple different ways you can do that. You could, of course, find me also on Instagram at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can connect with me on Twitter at gourmet goes keto. And now, this is just launched, if you are interested in one-on-one holistic keto nutrition coaching that involves mindset work, action planning, and helping you reach your goals, you can work with me one-on-one, and you can find that information at www.theketoroad.com. And hey, you can also always email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. So my friends, go out there today and do something amazing. Amaze yourselves. You got to do that every day because you're already amazing in my eyes. And then come on back and catch us again on the Fat Guy Forum. 